0: Man. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. That's We're all fine here now, thank
1: you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars News Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. And I'm
0: Kenton Larson. My voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna do that again? No, you know what? Uh, you know why I cracked? Because we have been talking like maniacs. Should we just let it ride? Sure. <laughs> sure, um, let it ride. I want to welcome any new student
1: listeners that we may have. I did uh, plug our podcast kind of in class. A couple of students identified themselves as Star Wars fans, so they may be listening. And I want to clarify that you do not get course credit for listening to my podcast. So please don't tweet Podlog for this.
0: They... Um, they wanted me. They kept saying, "Plug, up, plug your podcast with Dan." They kept messaging during the class, and I said, "Nah, I don't think so." And they said, "What is this reverse marketing?" And I said, "You're not ready yet." I said, "You're not ready yet for the. You're not ready for the promotional push." Ooh, there you go. So I did. So I did not. They they were clearly aware of it, and it's in my course outline, even in the contact information. But I don't. Uh, you know, I usually say I usually hold off on that until we get to something more. Um, something that fits
1: it a little more. I'm trying to establish myself as a podcast expert for my class because I do teach audio Uh, production and and we are focusing on podcasting this semester so i do talk about how much how long we've been podcasting which has been nine years now for media nerds or no eight years so we started in 2012 uh eight years for media nerds five years for star wars nerds for this podcast which is crazy to me but we started just before just before the force awakens came out in the fall of uh 2015 is when we started this podcast so it's been a great five years it's unbelievable it's gone by so fast yeah absolutely uh, so and we are doing star Wars nerds, uh, this week again, even though we did it last
0: week because there's new star Wars news, uh, that we want to talk about. Yeah. And by the way, the, uh, we didn't get to the sort of the heart of the, why my voice cracked? Cause we haven't shut up all week on online. Right. Uh, online teaching. Yeah. It's been and a, my voice is raw. Is yours too? My throat oh, yeah, is yeah. Just...
1: I mean, it's just been nothing but, I mean, the, but the thing is, it feels like this every year. I mean, regardless of whether or not we are online or in person, it's still, we still spend the majority of our day talking and that just kind of wears on your vocal cords no matter uh, where you are. Um, overall, I would say the online classes are going pretty well. I, I'm happy with uh, students are getting engaged. They're commenting. They're they're speaking out in class. So you know, it's not quite the same as it would be in person, of course. But I'm happy with with uh, what's happened so far.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, not as bad as I imagined it would be, and not probably we've not achieved the level of greatness that we will achieve moving forward. Because mm-hmm. this whole week is always about. Who's here? Who's not here? What's going on? How do you How do you download the attendance roster? All of that, and the uh, and ma- the main challenge is the electronic stuff. Is the like, well, and then the stuff that comes with it. Like I've got eye strain. This is how marketing works. I've got eye strain from staring at my laptop so much. So I bought eye drops. Mm-hmm. I got new glasses. I blah 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 blah. And at one class, I actually said I don't have COVID. Because I've been talking so much that day, I couldn't stop coughing. <laughs> so I don't have, I don't, as far as I know, I don't have any COVID. I don't know no. why I would have it because I've barely left the house. In the last, exactly. I don't know how long, but holy.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's been uh,
0: it's been fun. It's been busy but fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's a taxing nonetheless. Physically Absolutely. taxing. To an old person like myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for, as far as Star Wars news is concerned, a big article by uh, GQ. Do you want to start with that or should we start something else? No, something I'll start else? with that. That's okay. probably going
0: to be the most of what we have to talk about, I would think.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the an interview with John Boyega, um, of, course, of course, plays Finn on uh in all the the new Star Wars movies um and it's quite uh scathing in some respects to the whole Star Wars experience for him like he kind of t- gets gets pretty um I don't want to say nasty but he's you know critical I would say of the way that his character was handled uh in the uh, Star Wars trilogy.
0: yeah and, uh, well I'd say he is he is scathing he's critical of the way the character is handled but then he also says and of course uh, we've discussed it and we'll discuss it again today. Where we agree, we agree with him, of course, and uh, he raises the issue of how come they knew what they what to do with the white actors, and that's I don't know if we had that discussion. I don't think we did.
1: I honestly wasn't thinking of it in terms of black and white. I just was no. thinking of it in terms of they they just didn't know what to do with Finn. Right. Like that was the issue. Uh, And to me, it it didn't have anything to do with the fact that he was black. But of course, it is like for him, it is because he is black. Um, Well, and and
0: it raises questions that I think it's worth discussing uh, about sort of how that happens. I think I mean, this is the summer where we're talking about systemic racism. And I think he makes some really good points. Um, And I think the key point that he makes, and it's a really good one, is Um, don't market the film like this person is going to be one of the main focuses and then push the character to the sidelines. Yeah, And he's right. That is what they did. Yeah, especially in that
1: first movie. um, We all thought that he was going to be the Jedi, right? Because he holds the lightsaber in the poster. We see him using the lightsaber in the trailer. And, you know, to be fair, it wasn't like it wasn't a case of the Phantom uh, TIE fighter that didn't end up in the final movie like in Rogue One. uh, He was handling the lightsaber in the the movie, and uh, so that wasn't necessarily a lie, but it was misleading because it did make us think that, and it was all kind of a bait-and-switch for us so we wouldn't realize... That Ray was the was the main Jedi character. Um, that, that was the whole purpose of it, right? Just to just to make us not suspect. And that's I feel like that's a very JJ thing to do. He likes the bait and switch. He likes to to surprise people or try to surprise people at the end of his movies or TV shows. So I feel like that's yeah, you know, that that's right in line with JJ. Now, whether or not it should be, of course it should not be necessarily with a black character. And what they did with him in later movies, uh, absolutely did not do
0: that character justice. They didn't know what to do with him. It kind of Wasted him. Well, they almost knew what to do with him because all of the groundwork is laid in the films. That's, that is the unfortunate, like, remember that first trailer where he pops up in the desert? That's yep. the first thing you first see. First person everyone... we
1: see in the whole thing, right? The idiots are upset about... Racist being a black... people. Ra- yeah. Instead <laughs> about there being a black stormtrooper. Um, yeah. First of all, which is ridiculous uh, on its face, but also... Um, that one of the characters, you know, the main characters is black. That was also something different. And we know they are playing the diversity card um, heavy in this because they do have, like, a black character as a main character. They have a, a white woman as a main character. So they're really trying hard to get away from the all-white um, cast
0: that we had in the first Star Wars trilogy. I wouldn't call it playing the diversity card. I just say any film uh, has the obligation to show the audience itself within the film. And and Star War and, and and Star Wars started doing that in The Empire Strikes Back. One of the things that everybody says in the first movie is how white it is. Um, but once again, um, I think that that it, that that the first film set does set up Finn to be a couple things, to be the boyfriend of Rey, uh, for one, and to be a Jedi Knight for two. It's all there. It's there in the film. And it's not a stretch to say that, that it's there. I think it's clearly, it's being set up. And it was something that they even, like, yeah. they were get, still
1: hinting at in the third film, in The in uh, the Rise of yeah. Skywalker, there's that thing where I have to tell you something, and that they, we've been told by J.J. that, you know, the thing he was going to say that is that he was Force-sensitive. um, And that's, like... You know, so if that's the case, why not explore that more in the movie? Like, why not actually make that part of the film instead of just having it be a cut line or whatever that was supposed to be?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, like what, what's confusing to me. Well, okay, maybe not, because part of what this is is also the film being handed off to Ryan and then coming back to JJ. And I think Ryan Johnson, um, in, um, the second movie, and I've said before, I think he made a big mistake with the Finn character because it's first of all it's a pretty weak setup about how they they can get off the ship, him and Rose, but nobody else can, and that just seems ridiculous. It seems like, are you telling me you would not jettison uh, General Leia off that ship?
1: Yeah, no, and, and you know? not only not only that, but all the uh, the whole uh, thing about the tracking them, you have to take yeah. out the lead ship, all that other bullshit. That whole story arc was just poorly thought out. Yeah. And, you know, and there may be some benefit to seeing like the visuals of the casino planet are, are fun. And there are some aspects to that scene that are fine, but the whole, the end game, the end part of it, it was all for nothing because they get caught. Mm-hmm. And so they're not successful in their mission. That takes up a good chunk of that movie. And, um, and then it kind of ends in this, like this lackluster fight between him and Phasma that kills off Phasma's character in a way that we didn't want to see either because we wanted to see more from Phasma that we didn't end up. So that whole thing, I, again, that remains the only bad part in my opinion of the last Jedi. I still like that movie the best of the three, but I think that that whole part of it was, is just
0: ridiculous. Well, and, and that's the third thread that they dropped, which is the Phasma Finn versus Phasma uh, thing. That was uh, clearly the groundwork was being laid there. Uh, for, for that to be a bigger thing than what it ultimately turned out to be. Um, and then in The Last Jedi, I thought they were going to sacrifice Finn when they were coming straight at, at the right? end. He's, he's like rushing yeah.
1: towards that, uh, that cannon. He's going to sacrifice himself to save everybody else.
0: It would be a noble death, as the Klingons would say. Uh, they yeah. hadn't done enough with that, his character, I think, to justify him doing it. But no. I thought they
1: were. I, I felt it was in line with his character to do so. Like, he was the kind of guy that would do that. He's, he's a loyal friend. And, uh, and then he would absolutely sacrifice himself to save. And I, I don't think he's thinking about Rose in that moment. He's thinking about uh, um, Ray and, and uh, Poe, uh, who are over at the – and Leia, who are in the, uh, the base that he's trying to save. And then for Rose to come out of nowhere and all of a sudden kiss him uh, was another kind of shock. Right. Because we we didn't even that was not something that we felt as far as a connection between those two romantic connection between
0: those two. And then that's gone in the third movie, too. Right. So all these threads have been laid down for that character. And then what they do with Rose in the third movie is more that's if anything, that's more evidence that the characters of color um, are sidelined and she's sidelined to the extent that she's barely in the film like she's got a perfunctory something that she says and really if you if you were gonna stick it to racism you would like what that sort of did is it made it look like all the trolls online that were saying stuff after the Last Jedi that came. That drove that drove her from Instagram, yes. by the way. That drove her off yeah. of Instagram. That they that they had a point. That's what it looks like.
1: Or, or yeah, it, it says yeah. It was saying that their their racist thoughts are valid, and you're right, and we will back off. And it was ba- backing down and and giving in to those people those those people who had racist things to say about that character. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It looked weak as far as the uh, studio is concerned, and in fact, many of the things they did in *The Rise of Skywalker* to back off and to kind of undo what Ryan Johnson did looked weak, in my opinion. Like there was not a cohesive um, message from that uh,
0: from the whole thing, right? And we should also point out that uh, there's a whole contingent of people who felt that it was being built up for um, Poe and Finn to be the romance. That's, sure. That that could have been the case. It could have been the case. Now that I'd say that storyline is not um, I, I rolled out in a way that's as sort of um, I, I'd say it's there's an implication there maybe at best. But the but the whole jacket here, you look the jacket looks good on you and all that stuff. Yeah, that could have easily been the beginning of what could have been um, a same-sex romance for the first time in Star Wars. It could have yeah. been and there was a, a recent comment by the director of the
1: new mutants movie which came out last week and uh, and i have not heard what i don't think it's doing very well in the theaters no it Pam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, part of that part of that movie is a same sex romance between two of the main characters um, and that's a central part of the, f- the story, apparently. I don't know. Like These are not characters who were gay in the comic book, so mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going on with that, but it's, it's fine that they did that, but the director of that film said that the way Star Wars handled it was kind of like not really committing to it. They had the two women kiss in celebration after they win, and that was just kind of a throwaway moment, like, oh, yes, there are gay people in Star Wars, and that's that. That's all there was to it, so it wasn't a central part of the story at all, and you blink and you'll miss it. That was also the issue with that one as well.
0: He also says that his style stylist in the film um, didn't know um, didn't know uh, how to what to do with him in terms of uh, uh, um, hair and makeup and uh, and and costume I think does he say costume do you have the article in front of you? I'll look, I'll look it up I, the costume thing came up when he's talking about going to the world premiere of the film and I'm not sure if that's part of the same discussion as the uh, hair and um. makeup. Quite a long article. I mean, I think we're dealing with Star Wars, the opportunity for having really interesting uh, clothing and uh, and really defining a character with costume is always there.
1: He said um, in the continued afterglow of that first franchise defibrillating Star Wars film, he continued to notice a stylist he'd hired when he first started doing press. Quote, cringing at certain clothes I wanted to go for. The hairdresser who had no experience of working with hair like his, but still, quote, had the duck guts to pretend and decided that he could no longer grin and bear like a grateful competition winner. During the press of The Force Awakens, I went along with it. And obviously at the time, I was genuinely happy to be part of it. But my dad always tells me one thing. Don't overpay with respect. You can pay with respect, but sometimes you'll be overpaying and selling yourself short. Um... So yeah, they they the person like, didn't know how to do his hair basically properly, and he has since grown out his hair. It's now longer in braids, um, and he says here when black men grow out their hair, it's a very powerful thing culturally. It stands for something, and that's something that he wanted to do, um, but they wouldn't let him basically.
0: Well, it's uh, that, I, and and as I said before, like I the, like the um, the plot line with him is has been dropped, but it was also as a character. Like, they just didn't do enough. They didn't, um, and I agree that, that he would have been a more interesting character. Like, imagine, I, I like, not till the third movie do we start to get the sense that what the Empire was doing was taking people of color, it appears, from their parents and turning and brainwashing them into being stormtroopers.
1: Is that a coincidence or is that just that is what they're getting at? Because we do have the other character who's a former stormtrooper, um, now I know and I don't remember what those other people in that group look like that are part of her group. That's a group. good question. So I don't know if that's intentional or a coincidence. I think it feels it like, to me another haphazard way of trying
0: to give yeah. Finn some sort of romantic interest, it, right? It, it raises the question. So that could have been an interesting question to answer in the film. It could have been very interesting about how that worked. They, the film, the film could have said something about that.
1: And they wouldn't have felt out of character for the Empire to do something, or for the right. First Order to do something. Like that. They're supposed to be like analogous to Nazis, so that's yeah. the sa- same kind of thing Nazis would do. They're the worst. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. There's a, uh, as as uh, Indiana Jones says, but but uh, but but that's exactly it. You it ge- there was opportunity there, and I think that's also why people were very angry at the two-second same-sex kiss at, right at the end of the film, where it was like you had the opportunity. To make that story work in the context of the film, and what you did was you just threw it in because you're like the fans want this or something. Mm, like it just—I you
1: know, don't even know if that—that that was it necessarily. Don't you think um, it was? It was a, well, it was a token. I don't think any. Were there fans calling for that? I don't know, um, but right. I'm sure people are people are calling for that in everything. Now right. they want equal representation and everything. Right. So maybe it was a response to that, but it was a token response at best. It was not. Yeah. It was not fulfilling in any way. Uh, the way there's a character in the aftermath books that we love to make fun of, but to be, to give that series credit, there is a character in those books that is a former imperial officer who is gay. Right. And it's just it's a part of his character, and it's not something they they just slide in there. It's a, it's a it's an ongoing thing, and um, they do it pretty well in that, in that first book anyway. I, don't, I haven't read the other books necessarily, but uh, certainly there's a, a good way and a bad way to do that, and that's a better way to do it than the way they did it in the film. So
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know, I also think – I think also I don't, I don't know that uh, – I don't think that anything was intentionally done. I don't think J.J. Abrams set out to go, let's sideline the character of Finn. I'd say I don't think he I don't think it was on the surface that way. I think it was um, I think. And when we come back to the idea of what is systemic racism? Well, it's the stuff that you don't consider when you're the person directing the film, you know, like that should have been. And I I think on a larger scale, J.J. Abrams, I don't think spent too much time asking himself, what is this film about? What does this film mean? And I think if he, if he would have gone deeper into that and star Wars doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting to make a point, just like in the prequels, when the, when the good guys suddenly become the bad guys kind of thing. And you sort of see how a democracy makes what we were the good guys. Suddenly we're the bad guys. And you sort of see how that all plays out. It's done in a way that isn't not, it's, it's, it's not heavy handed. It's like good guys versus bad guys, but they, but George Lucas still makes that point. I don't think, think I think if you can fault JJ Abrams films for anything and maybe even Ryan Johnson's it's that I'm not sure we get a clear sense of like what do you think this means what do you think Star Wars means what do you think the what do you think the nine movies meant and I and you've pro- you probably read that thing about Ray looking at the two sons there's a person on Twitter who just ripped that to shreds and basically said it fails because all that does is go remember when Luke did it that in terms of the what the movie means, what does it mean that she's looking at the two sons? Does it mean anything? No, it just means that Luke did it. Right.
1: And, and to me, the the biggest failure of this trilogy is the inconsistency and the miscommunication or lack of or, or blatant, like just giving people too much power. Like I do think Ryan Johnson was given too much power in that second film. If they didn't want him to do that, they shouldn't have let him do that stuff. And because he took basically things that J.J. had made and, and you know, killed Snoke and and changed things completely and I, I was okay with it because I thought they would build upon that in the third film but they didn't Now, if I were to do it over, I would say that, you know, they should have had, I think they should have explored a romantic relationship between Ray and Finn. I think that would have been more satisfying than than kind of shoving them off to the side. And and forget about all these extra characters. Rose is fine as a character. I like her as a character. They could have given her a bigger role and a certainly bigger role in the third film as well. But she doesn't need to be a love interest of Finn. They should have continued that. Because I certainly got the feeling in the second, the end of the second movie that they were trying to. Tease a romance between Poe and Rey. Didn't you get that feeling? Yeah. Uh, especially since he's supposed to be the Han Solo kind of character in the in the series. And she's kind of the Princess Leia character in the series, right? Like, I really got that strong feeling that they were going to
0: be romantically involved by the time we got to the third movie. But once again, the movie was so scared. And that's the problem. Someone's got to wrap up the third movie. But, but all the movies seem sort of afraid to kind of go all in on something. Maybe... <laughs> Like, like almost like they're, sh- they're shying away from it because, oh, that'll, if we tip our hat too much, then uh, people will see where we're going. But as a result, you have all these weird kind of, and, and, uh, you know, as I've always said, like the Ray and Han Solo connection, you know, where she's finishing the sentences and he's like, wow, you know how ships work and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, what, why was that in there? Did we think that may- that maybe she was also going to, she, they were going to be the twins of solo and leia i the first that fir- you certainly thought that that first movie i still say it uh the force awakens i still say that they're that that's they're dancing around that i think they are they
1: flip it all on its head when they make her like kiss uh uh kylo ren at the
0: end like come on i know what was that i know well they that's the problem the problem is there's all of these threads that that and they're frayed threads <laughs> they're, they don't tie together and, and that's why any movie, any one of these films on its own, you just kind of go, well, that's, you know, good Star Wars entertainment. But altogether, you, that's why it's unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to see the Emperor come back. But it was uh, the way that they did it. I, th- then I was just kind of like, well, why? Like this should have been there. They should have laid the ground for this in the second film. But right. like, if you're going to kill Snoke, then that's where you lay the ground. And they there's kill, a him bigger... kill him
1: in the third one, right? Or, right. Again, well, yeah. Kill him on the second one. And then there's something bigger. But they, yeah, they didn't mention it. Yeah. It, the whole thing is, is a bit of a mess, to be honest. And yeah. And yeah. John Boyega certainly was the victim of that just because they they started him in, in one path. They switch every single movie. It's like they change his direction and he has to start over uh, as a character. And that just doesn't help. And then again, yeah. they also throw these things in like Poe was a smuggler and, you know, all yeah. kinds of other things out of left field. Um, that and then they still make it look like when he says Ray, I have to tell you something, they still make it look like he's still got a thing for Ray, but apparently that's not what it is. But you know, like that's well, the again, a bunch of false starts, I yeah. think, is what this ended then up. Then tell with.
0: us what it is. Like, it's, it's I, I've, I've never seen filmmaking where it's like we're gonna, we're just gonna hint at everything we can hint at, and then we can just decide later mm-hmm. <laughs> in the third movie what it all means. But in, even in the third movie, they're still trying to do that, and they're still. Uh, and and it's true when Finn says there's something I want to tell you, and then he lives, and then we don't get to find out what he wanted to tell her. Mm-hmm. Like like let's we had three movies, guys. <laughs> <laughs> three longish this... movies, by the way. These yes. are all like two hours or more. Three movies to sort this out, and uh, it and there's it's still not really sorted out, unfortunately. And I think that's why, as I say, on the surface they're all enjoyable entertainment, but deep down they they there needed to be more work um and and I think and no matter what they say I don't think in the beginning they had a clear idea where they were going I don't think
1: they had a clear idea in the middle like, <laughs> no, you're right. Even even going through the Ryan Johnson one, I don't think they had a clear idea of what they wanted to do, and that is a huge mistake. And I was I was shocked to find that out because you would think that because clearly George Lucas did in both of the trilogies that he made, he had a very clear idea of where everything was going, and that's in the one way in which the prequel trilogy is much better than the sequel trilogy, in that it uh, it does have clear kind of connectors throughout and and each film builds on the previous film so there is that to be said I'm like my god I'm saying good things about the prequels I cannot believe I'm saying good things about the prequels but it's true it's true they're they're more cohesive they're way more cohesive than these newer
0: movies on a surface level the new trilogy the latest trilogy is more is more entertaining probably on a movie by movie basis it's probably more interesting to to most people to a general audience whereas the prequels are a tougher watch they demand more of you and there's certainly some missteps in them but but that's where the prequels are better than the new movies I think are the is in the story the story is, holds up if you tell somebody the story of the prequels it's actually really interesting the story of of the latest sequels are a little bit it's, it's less interesting it's just not they just don't have that clear run through that they of, of the thing that I don't th- I don't think they have something they're trying to prove. I think they're just kind of throwing it all out there and going like, what is Star Wars? It's lightsabers? It's a bad guy? It's a hero? And they just and they just push people in those roles. But I actually think like if you stop to think about the latest about the sequels and what characters don't get what they deserve, like that don't that that sort of vanish, it is um, let me think for a second. It's, it's characters of color. It's Rose, it's Finn, Poe, even to a certain extent. And I think, um, Boyega says something about that in the article. He says they knew what to do with Adam Driver, but they didn't know what to do with, uh, with, uh, what can I think of Poe's real name, Poe's name in real life? Oh, um, um
1: <laughs> cause it's a podcast we forget these things. Yeah, yeah. We
0: never remember anything. yeah. And- yeah. But uh, so I, said, I think he says something about that in the article too. So like it is, it makes you wonder why? How come? How come it's it's? How come you know what to do with the two white leads? Yeah. And what makes them Oscar the Isaac?
1: Oscar Isaac. Oscar uh, Isaac. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, to be fair, I think that Oscar Isaac is also Hispanic. He's part Hispanic. He is. So yeah. so th- there is that as well. But yeah, I, I, I agree. And the whole thing is just. It's just a big mess. And, and, you know, we'll see what they're going to do. They can't do anything to fix that now, of course. But uh, it certainly doesn't sound like he's going to be doing any more Star Wars movies based on this. Uh, Like,
0: well, here's what I think. I think if they were to if they were to say, all right, we screwed up and uh, we're going to make the Finn movie. We're going to do it. (laughs) and You're going to be the lead. I don't know. I think I think that could happen. I don't I, I wouldn't say it won't happen. But he certainly – you can tell he doesn't feel heard. It doesn't seem like – it doesn't – and, I mean, who knows knows if he – I don't – I think he even says in the article he didn't really express this stuff at the time, but now that it's over, he is. Yeah. So maybe. Maybe that could lead to um, sort of a more – to a feature or to a D-plus series or who knows.
1: Yeah. The, it's interesting, he's now coming up, uh, he's got a new series he's he's going to be in with, um, called Small Axe, uh, which I didn't know about the, before this article came out, so maybe that's the reason he did it, to promote this new series, but it's from uh, Steve McQueen, uh, director of 12 Years a Slave, not the Steve McQueen from, you know, Bullet, um, and it's set in, uh, it sounds interesting, set in London's West Indian community between the 1960s and 80s, and has Letitia Wright and, and John Boyega in it, so... It does sound like a really good uh, uh, series, and it's going to be on Amazon Plus here in uh, in Canada. So I'll definitely check that out.
0: And one, of the, and by the way, one of the films we talked about before the the, the latest Star Wars sequels um, was Attack the Block with John oh, Boyega. I love that, love that yeah. movie. Such a good movie. And and he, in that movie, he's got like this big personality, and and uh, when you watch that film, because I remember thinking we're going to get like this thing happening in star wars that's like kind of gritty it's gonna be cool and we're gonna and he's gonna be i thought he'd be speaking in uh british accent in his British accent, yeah. which
1: i actually think would have been the right choice they say it didn't work he says well i don't know what he says now but at the time i remember him saying that it didn't work but i don't know what that means maybe because ray's british they just wanted one of them to be british i don't know
0: are they i don't know either i think it's sometimes uh American filmmakers get worked up about people understanding British accents and stuff, and I don't. They do, yes. Yeah. They quite
1: often will put subtitles where none are required. Yeah, <laughs> I see that quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah that's that's very true. They're, they're, that, so. that
0: concern, I guess, I think, is overstated. Yeah, but if, but I would imagine, but that's another part of. Uh, I, he doesn't say anything about it in the article, but no. that's also that also kind of plays into a similar thing. It's so unfortunate, you know. It's it's unfortunate
1: for him. It's unfortunate for the for the movies that they didn't know how to how to handle this character. And I th- I just think we would have had a much better uh, series overall if they'd really had a strong vision of what that was gonna what was gonna happen with that with that character. Uh, and it would have been yeah, it would have been the movies better for sure.
0: Yeah, you could have done so much with that character. And as I always say, like I always thought that the thing that would make that character work best if his if if he was being tracked by the Empire. If there's something implanted in him yeah. where he could not stop being tracked and then that would also give him the motivation to leave the ship and the second one. They put chips like, in all the clones. Why can't they put chips in all the stormtroopers, right? Exactly. So it becomes, the stakes become higher and it becomes like, then he, maybe he has to seek out Phasma to stop. Like he's got to, he's, he's got to take a proactive role to stop being tracked. I, I just think that there's some so really easy things they could have done. Yeah. And they oh, could have they could have also shown the Empire to be as evil as it's supposed to be, uh, in terms of kidnapping kids for uh, to and brainwashing them or whatever it is they did to them to become to make them stormtroopers. Yeah, that uh, that alone would have been a very compelling now, story. The, I, right.
1: I believe that is also expanded upon within the um, aftermath books and um, there are references to that uh, as far as like Hux's dad. I think Hux's dad runs the conditioning. Um, facility or whatever, something like that. I don't remember the details, but that also, again, all this stuff is expanded upon in books. But that being said, most people don't read the books. So you have to communicate that through the movies. Yeah. Otherwise, most people are not going to get it right. Other piece of news that came out this week. We finally got a release date for The Mandalorian and you and I clearly were mistaken last week when we said that it was coming out at the beginning of October because it's not. It's coming out at the end of October. Uh, October 30th is the release date for the first episode of The Mandalorian. And so assuming season there two. will be... What? Season two. Season two. Sorry, yes. what did I say? The first season? Oops. No, you didn't um, say first season, okay.
0: uh, but just to clarify.
1: Okay. Uh, so, um, so that if presuming if, they're... If there are 10 episodes as there was in the first season, that will take us through till uh, past Christmas, I guess. Like that's, yeah, that's like into January if they're going to do it every two weeks. They might, may, they may, maybe there isn't going to be 10 episodes because usually they try to like, you know, the Christmas break is still a very real thing, I think, in terms of TV shows, even in streaming services, where they don't really, nothing really does well at Christmas time, except for Christmas movies and, and holiday-themed movies, so they try and stay away from that, but who knows, maybe we'll have another, oh, we are going to get another holiday special, but maybe, um, I don't know, we'll see what happens. So we have The Mandalorian Season 2 on the 30th, so given that, when do you think they're going to release a trailer for it? It's got to be any day. You think? It has to be. I mean, there's yeah. there
0: isn't that much time.
1: We have uh, we just got a new Bond trailer uh, yesterday for the for the Bond movie, which is coming out in November. So yeah, you'd think that they would be releasing a trailer pretty soon.
0: I, it could also be that it is such kind of the tentpole thing. The reason why people get Disney Plus that they're uh, gonna do some kind of splash that we're just not aware of. Like uh, who knows? They could have something in mind. When is the NFL season starting? Yeah, it could be.
1: <laughs> I don't are know. If... Have, are we gonna have no, stormtroopers it's... on the field again?
0: Probably gonna... only stormtroopers <laughs> six feet apart. <laughs> oh, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do this year? It wouldn't surprise me if they have yeah. something like that. We're you know make it, especially since it's everybody's favorite Star Wars now is the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess uh, I guess we'll see what they have up their sleeves. There's the, there's the rumor. The internet rumor. Did you see it by any chance? The Mandalorian rumor that was going around about how Disney has a big problem on its hands. Did you see that? Okay, I did not see that. So this was making the rounds, and it was like the usual: who the hell is this person, and et cetera, et cetera. But the person, and it was a woman whose name I don't remember. And by at this point, maybe I was just seeing her retweeting it, so who knows? But said Disney has a big problem, and it's that. The Mandalorian takes a terrible turn partway through the season and they're trying, they're desperately trying to change it before uh, it comes out. And as a result, the trailer has to change and everything has to change because of this big problem. And all I could think of is if they have such a big problem, then why would they announce they're pushing it out on October 30th? Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't they just delay it? Or wouldn't they just say it'll come out November 30th? Well, there's no reason to
1: announce the release date at all, to be honest. They could, they could keep us waiting until like a week before and just drop it, and I think it would still do well. But, um, yeah, you're right. There's no there's no problem. Otherwise,
0: we'd see a delay there. Yeah, you would think. But – and so here's the other conspiracy theory. Are you ready? Yeah. That Disney released it on the same day that the GQ article came out to to bury the GQ article. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> yeah. you don't think so no come on
1: i don't think they have control over that how are they going to know when a gq was? did gq contact them for comment is that how they knew that the uh i don't know it was happening i don't know that's funny i
0: just had two conspiracies to bounce off you (laughs) (laughs) well i
1: don't buy either of them so whatever no i think it's fine i think the the most uh you know the the best thing in the star wars universe right now is um is the Mandalorian, so they're they're not going to mess that up.
0: There's the cat.
1: There's a cat. She's been the star of my classes this week. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Big hit with the students. Excellent. Can you not do that, please? I'm in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> She
0: Uh, she likes clawing and biting, by the way. Yeah, um,
1: Yeah. and it's funny because a a colleague of mine at CGOB is in a similar situation. Christian O'Mell is a sportscaster there in the afternoons. And he's been doing his sports from home this entire time ever since the pandemic started. And he also has a cat who likes to meow and get in his way. So I've been listening. And during sportscasts, I can hear his cat meowing in the background trying to get his attention. And he just lets (laughs) it happen. I guess it's funny and and people like it. So same thing as me. Cat's just interrupting. That's Uh, great. Before we go, I do want to let you know that I purchased the remastered version of the uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer game on the Nintendo Switch. It was on sale for like 15 bucks, so why not? I'll buy it. Um, and it is somewhat remastered. It's still pretty blocky. I mean, those N64 yeah. graphics are not like the best, but it has been smoothed out. And certainly the cut cutscenes are great. But it's just the gameplay itself is still pretty blocky. And I have to say, this game is not as good as I remember it being. Oh, no. (laughs) I thought it was like way better. It doesn't seem to be challenging at all. I don't know if I've got it set on an easy level or something, but I'm just beating everybody handily in these. And I'm not even picking the best racer, I'm picking someone I can't remember who I picked, but it's not Anakin and it's not Sabalba. Um, I'm picking somebody else, and it's just like no, it's it just I go, I move ahead of everybody, and I'm in the lead in the entire race. So I mean, I'm even rap, lapping people by the end of the of the race. So it's not a great, not a great game
0: in retrospect. Once you figure out how the boosts work, the rocket boosts. I remember I had that game down at the end too. I only ever played with Anakin's, and at first I found it challenging, but then by the end, even on the hardest level or whatever it was, you could you could always beat it once you once you had the most reliable racer and you hit the boosts at the right moment. And, and
1: you have—I mean—you upgrade your, your racer as well yeah. throughout. So once right. you have it upgraded all the way. Um, now, one thing I do like about it, like I think there's some interesting ideas there. Like There is the idea of, of repairing it while you are racing, which mm-hmm. is something he does in the movie. Yes. And you, you can do that. If you get damaged, you can repair your, your speeder while it's going. But some of these races are so short, there's no point. No. Um, and some of them are so long. I'm like, why is this so much longer than the other races? Like I can't believe. That city one? or whatever yeah it's like one lap is longer than the entire um race of the of uh, on on Tatooine on the bunta bunta eve classic (laughs) or whatever they call it the bunta classic like it's just not i don't know it's weird it's it's not as good as it was fine it was a bit of a nostalgia playing it but once i played a couple rounds i was done i'm like this is not as challenging as i remember so i don't know maybe it'll be better if i play two player with my kids or something i should do that and see how it is two player maybe it's more fun but as a single player racing game not not great Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, are they remastering it for Xbox and PlayStation? I don't think so. It was, a, it was
1: exclusive to uh, to Switch. And um, they've also done a number of these um, physical releases uh, on another podcast I, I produce called, special, uh, it's called Games You Deserve. It's a video game related podcast. We had a, a group on from a company called Limited Run Games. And Limited Run Games is a company that releases video games and video games in a physical form as collector's editions. And so it was really interesting because these guys get the license for Star Wars games and they've done it for, um, you know, the one with um, the the knockoff Hound Solo. What's that one? Shadows of the Empire with uh, uh, Dash Rendar. Um, they've done it with a lot of the Star Wars games from the Nintendo, Super Nintendo and the N64, including Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. And the guy was talking about his problem as um, it's great. I'll, I'll link to it in the, in the show notes, not because I'm, I'm not promoting it because I'm on, you know, the podcast, but it's just because. It is Star Wars related, and it's very interesting. He says, Star Wars, because it's been around so long and it's been so popular, they have basically every single product you can possibly think of, they've licensed the exclusive rights to somebody. And so if you wanted to create, he says, if you wanted to create Star Wars napkins, there's probably somebody out there who has the rights to exclusively make Star Wars napkins. And so when they create these collector's editions... Usually what you do is you have the game, you have some nice packaging in a box to put the game in, and then you have some sort of a collectible item. And oftentimes it's a figure or it's a die-cast vehicle or it's something like that. They can't do any of that because Hot Wheels has the exclusives for the die-cast vehicles. Uh, can, or, um, Mattel or whoever has the Not Mattel. What's the other one? Hasbro or whatever has the, the figure licensing. So they have to figure out something else. And what they did was they created collectible cartridges. So they recreated the Nintendo cartridge, with a special uh, label and design, and kind of did that, and that's the collective item. And they put it in packaging that looks like the, the old um, Kenner uh, figures. So they've done a great job with this, and it's really kind of a neat idea. So they've done it for Episode One Eraser and a number of other um, games for the Switch. So it seems like Nintendo has the, uh, the exclusives for this right now, and maybe PlayStation 4 as well, but not Xbox. Hmm. Anyway, all that to say that. Well, How's, how's Red Dead Redemption going?
0: Uh, I have ordered a controller in the mail. Uh, Can can I tell you, Jack started playing that last week. And?
1: He loves it. He thinks it's great. His controller's working fine.
0: Well, I'm going to get one. And by the way, if that one doesn't work, then I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Uh, I
1: don't know either. It's just like it's funny.
0: Well, hey, Uh, the way I looked at it was, if it turns out this controller doesn't work, then I can just go buy soccer, and now I have two controllers. (laughs) (laughs) Um won't be a total um, uh, loss. Have you seen any
1: Star Wars toys this week? Interesting Star Wars toys?
0: Uh, I've been looking around. I saw um what was out? Oh, there was definitely oh um they have now that uh, the the Baby Yoda Star Wars Black figure is everywhere now. So that's yep. just like yeah, the baby Yoda stuff's everywhere. That's not hard to get. Uh, and but I noticed that there was a wave of like Hasbro's repackaged some of the stuff that's come out before. And I saw a couple of those. I think there was a Luke X-Wing pilot and maybe a nine, but nothing that I was going to rush out and buy or anything, but it looks like there's still new product showing up.
1: Are you interested in the new 3000 piece Lego Star Wars Moss Isley Cantina set? I
0: heard about that and uh, it it seems pretty cool, but uh, I uh, need to see it, need to see it
1: i'm not i'm not you know i i don't have great patience for uh lego for building lego um i would be happy with it on it's like once it's built but i'd be frustrated by building it oh. it does
0: look very very cool yeah building all that lego stuff is like it's like little buying those plastic models when you're a kid and like yeah, get the. i never glue. did that either oh it's so hard it's impossible and then the same with the legos i mean legos aren't impossible but it's just time consuming and it's very, and you have to like when I was a kid,
1: Legos or something—you just got a big box of and you made whatever you wanted. This is all about following the instructions and and attaching them. It's it is a model kit essentially, so I'm not a huge fan of that. I did get Jack a Star Wars Lego thing the other day. It was just a little one, and it was. Uh, I told him I, I guess I misrepresented it because I thought it was the I've got the higher ground, uh, scene from from uh, Revenge of the Sith, and it in fact it was from earlier in that scene when they were like you know when they're like fighting on the hover things when obi-wan and and anakin are fighting on the hoverboards or whatever that is uh over the lava right that's uh that was uh the scene and so he built it and put it together and it is kind of cool because you can actually move the platforms and have them recreate the the scene but it is not the i have the higher ground scene uh unfortunately it's just before that happened so but anyway he had had fun with it he put
0: it together and he has it up in his room now so that's great yeah yeah that's awesome i only have one little uh, only two lego figures oh no three Yoda, Darth Maul, and I'm not kidding, Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Those are the three I have.
1: Yeah, well, like you said, Jar Jar Binks is the least desired one, so there'll probably be the least amount out there. Imagine um, one
0: day that'll be worth something. Imagine the games and the stories I can make up with those three (laughs) (laughs) minifigures. That will not be a Star Wars series on Disney Plus. No, let's hope not. Alright, well, that's going to do it for this week's
1: Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass.
0: That's not a Now I am the master. TK421, you come. Going into to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters.